Good afternoon, everyone. This is Miss Tammy. We're here again for the second week of the 11th week series of Indigenomics. We're going to be focused today on financial foundation, what we like to call the rules of the game. Without this, we will never understand how to get ahead. And I'm going to share a little bit of some statistics with you so that you have an understanding of why it is important that every single one of us have this financial literacy. First, financial illiteracy is the number one crisis in the world. There are 7.9 billion of us, and I've mentioned this before, 5 billion of us are financially illiterate. Okay, but in America, we number about 328 million, give or take. And out of that number, I'm going to share this few statistics with you. About 30, 44%, which is approximately 145 million Americans, do not have enough emergency funds to cover $400 of an emergency. Okay, 38%, which numbers about 125 million of households have credit card debts. And about 33%, which is 108 million Americans have zero retirement savings, okay? And so we're gonna change that. And one last thing that I wanna note is that also out of 50 states, only 17 states require that they teach one financial literacy class in school. So this is something that is really needed and we are doing with her, myself, with her many voices, or attempting to bring this information to you guys so that you cannot find yourself being one of those numbers that I just uh, cited, okay? So let's begin to discuss the very first step in building a proper financial foundation, okay? We're going to show you that in order for you to be strong, in the journey that you are on when it comes to being prepared for any unexpected occurrences in your life, you have to be standing on a strong foundation of financial literacy. Okay, so we're going to share with you the very first slide that um, speaks to that. And that is the financial foundation slide. Now that slide will show you, it's taking a minute to pop up, but give me a second and you are going to see exactly what I'm speaking of. So here we are. We have the financial foundation. Let me do one quick, um, let me see if I can full screen layout. Let me open this up a bit. And that way, are we going to use maybe this screen? Is that the one we're going to be using? Um, so that you can truly see what it is that I'm sharing with you. Um, I'm hoping everyone gets to see the act actual slide that is in front of you right now. Um, someone sent me a little thumbs up saying that you do see the slide. It's coming out pretty clearly. I am not sure if that is the case, but um, I'm looking for a sign. And if it's not, then I will definitely fix it. But I am going to jump right in and give you the intro. 
Okay. Now, as you see, the financial foundation stands, looks like a uh, uh, staircase, right? The bottom of that staircase reads protection. And that includes health. That includes long-term care. That includes life. And that includes retirement. Now that foundation has to be what everything stands on. A foundation to anything has to be strong in other for everything else that we choose to put on top of it can't withstand the pressure. Okay. We're going to go in depth with these particular stairs, but today this is going to be the rules of the game. Okay. The one thing that I think we all should have been taught in school before we went out attempting to make, you know, 15 cents turn into a dollar. Okay. So now protection is key. The first thing we have to protect is our ability to go out and earn a living. If we are ill, if we get injured, okay, none of what we plan for can happen. So we have to make sure that our biggest asset, which is us, which is what the family is dependent on, okay, gets protected. Okay. And so those are the things that we will be discussing throughout the series. What is exactly health, which is something that I'm sure most of you are more familiar with, but it's the life, it's the long-term care and the retirement savings plan that we are all falling a little bit short when it comes to understanding how it works. Okay. Now, after we've protected that, after we've built a proper financial foundation, standing on protection, the next phase that we always have to face, or we always or in, or in need to understand is how do we manage our debts? Okay. If you recall last week, we talked about the life cycle that we are all on. Okay. One of the first cycle after we're born is the education cycle, right? The one that takes a good chunk of our life. And a lot of us have, you know, student debts because of that, the ability of, because we try to educate ourselves in the field that we, that attracts us and we are standing, holding, you know, 40, 50, a hundred plus thousand dollar debts. And so, although that's the start, it's not the end. Next thing we know, we can begin to have car debts, home debts, you know, healthcare debts. So the debt management becomes the key to managing your expense, to managing your future and your savings. If you cannot manage the, your debts, you will not get ahead. Okay. And we're going to discuss these things in details as we go on. After you've gotten your debts under control, you understand what are considered good debts and what are considered bad debts, which one you should be, you know, uh, acquiring. Okay. Now you will be in a position to save more. Okay. And there are two kinds of savings. There is the short-term savings. Okay. Which is the money that you can access at any time for those emergencies that pop up at any given moment in our life. Okay. And that's, mostly banks. That's those kinds of access that we need. That's simple enough. And the next and final stage of our savings plan involves investments. Okay. Investments now are where we tend to make our money quadruple or grow so that we can have something for our future. And so when we talk about retirement plans, we're looking into those investment vehicles to see exactly how much of that we are going to be having. Here we are. So now we have it as I wish. Now I can see, like I said, I wanted you to send me a thumbs up. Let everyone know that you're seeing the screen, that everything is coming out clear. 
But that is the financial foundation. Like any, we're not architects. We do not, I don't know if there are any architects out on the, out watching us today, but let's take the example of building a house. Okay, although we are not architects, we all know that we do not start building a house by building the roof first and then going downwards. Okay, it always starts from the foundation, the basement, what everything is going to stand on, stand on. So this is how I want you to look at your financial foundation. If you are not protecting your assets before you are investing, you're doing it backwards. And you will know, you can tell, no one needs to show you that if that's the way someone is building a house from the roof down, you know it's going to cost them a lot of money by the time they're done. Okay, and that's the that's the goal that we want you to understand. Protection is the first, investments it's last. Okay. Uh so so now let's go on and start to understand the rules of the game. Okay, what are they? What comes up when you are trying to do build this financial foundation? The first thing that you have to understand is that there is the X-curve concept. Okay, what is that? Well, we all or on. It's similar to the life cycle that I spoke of last week, where we know that we start with birth and it ends with our passing. And of course, with passing on our legacy or leaving our a legacy for our, for our family to, to enjoy. Now, this is what I want you to see when you look at this law of, uh, of decreasing responsibility against the law of building wealth. Okay. When we are younger, most of us are not wealthy unless you inherited money from a rich family member, which some of us, you know, have been lucky to do, but a lot of us do not understand that. So we have to create our own wealth. And so in this law, the X-curve concept where you have to see how you are going to build that wealth, it's going to be going against decreasing your responsibility. Now, when you are young, let's say, you know, you are, you are, you know, a teenager, you don't have to necessarily worry about that. But as soon as you become a young adult, and you have a vision for yourself and you know you need to um i got a message that i've someone lost me am i still on i'm not sure if um if i returned or you're looking okay great so let's continue as i was saying you know as young adults you are learning you are beginning you're coming in and out Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Let's see if, um, uh, let me see what it is that's happening that's causing me to come in and out. Let's hope that does not remain the, to be the issue. Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on it. Okay, now I'm back. Let's hope that I stay back. Okay, and please send me a, an occasional notice to let me know if things are going smoothly. Okay, so let's hope that that's the case. So I hope you saw the first slide in, com in its completion. And now we're looking at the X-curve concept, okay? You're young, you have lots of responsibility on your shoulders. You're thinking about you're starting your family, you might still be in school, graduate level, you might be thinking about purchasing a home. We mentioned the student debts being one of the first debts we acquire. After that, it becomes the assets, what we what we choose to purchase for ourselves, okay? And we usually will have aging parents that we need to look for. We need to make sure are in a great position as they get older and they are able or they're not able to do for themselves as they used to. So that responsibility is quite heavy, 
We're not making the big bucks yet, but we do have those things to wonder, to worry about. So as we go through this X-curve concept, we are slowly building our wealth, like the jobs that we have. Oh my God, I'm not understanding why I am constantly coming in and out. What I am going to do though, is maybe move myself a little bit and see if, let me know, uh, you're back again. Wow. I'm not, I'm actually in North Carolina, everyone. Last time we did this, I was in Virginia. I'm going a little further South. The weather is quite nice. There's no need for me to, I don't understand why I'm coming in and out, but if that is the case, I might have to move position so that that's no longer an issue. That's no longer a problem. Um, I know I'm back on, I hope keep our fingers crossed everyone that I stay on. Okay. Um, so as I was saying, um, I'm not sure if I lost everyone, but it looks like I've frozen. And in that time that I've frozen, let's see if I can everyone um exit full screen can anyone still see me okay everyone can still hear what i'm um i'm actually losing connection periodically so i'm opening the door in case that's why i'm losing connection how's that guys am i uh am i coming through is the lighting okay because if it is, I am going to take this position here and I am going to do my... Okay, so are we on? Is it okay? Okay, so may I continue? If I can, I know I'm going to see the slide that we were on pop up in front of in front of me and i'm going to know that i may continue to there it is slowly but surely it is popping up and uh and okay there we go all right let's see if this works okay i've moved a little bit so maybe closer to the router hoping that makes the difference so let's go back and pick up where we were okay the x-curve concept is the easiest one to understand because it tells about the journey that we are on. As we get older, we are decreasing our responsibility and we are increasing our wealth. That's the name of the game, okay? That's what it's all about. And we are decreasing our family responsibility, education responsibility, mortgage, the debts that we've acquired, and also how we are taking care of our aging parents. And on the other side of that, if we've done everything right and we were able to build our wealth, we would have outpaced inflation. We would have minimized taxation. We would have enough money for the longevity that we are all on because today we are no longer, it's no longer hundred years, years old. That's the age of maturity. Today, they are expecting the lifespan to be up to 120, ladies and gentlemen. So you have to prepare for that because we don't know where it's going to go for us. So just in case we are the ones who actually stretch to age 
115, even when age 120, we want to make sure that we have that taken care of. Long-term care, LTC, is also the responsibility that we are finding that we are responsible for. We have to be responsible for what happens to us as we get older and our ability to do for ourselves diminish. Okay, we may need some assistance. Sometimes it falls on our children. A lot of times we do not have children to fall back on. And so it depends on what, how we've built our portfolio while we were building our financial foundation to be able to uh, take care of those needs. Okay, the risk management that comes in all the time. You have to be cons cons consistently focused on the inflation risk that your money has to go through. The taxation, as we know, we have quite a bit of stimulus packages going around, has been going around for some time. That is going to fall on us in the future to pay back. Okay. And that's the taxes. So we have to manage those risks as we go through life. But that's the XCRF concept. We're young, a lot of responsibility. As we get older, that responsibility begins to decrease. Kids are out of school, out of the house. You've paid your mortgage. You're no longer working. Everything is just you enjoying life. And that can only happen if you've built yourself a, 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 a wonderful foundation, if you've built yourself some wealth. Okay, so now let's go into the actual game of understanding how you build that wealth and how you make sure you manage those risks that's going to be waiting for you every step of the way. The first thing you have to understand that is there is four, four cornerstones. Financial knowledge is the topic, as you can see them right here. Okay, anywhere that you choose to put money into any kind of vehicle to grow your wealth, it has to possess these four cornerstones, okay? Protection is the first. It falls into the same category as the protection we just talked about uh, in the beginning of this, uh, of this series, in the beginning of today's um, session, where we talked about you have to protect your assets in case of any kind of emergency health-wise. Okay, because that is what can keep us from taking our game to the end because we are injured in the middle of it and we are no longer able to play as we wish. So protection is the first cornerstone that any financial vehicle, any savings account, any retirement account that you are growing needs to have. The next cornerstone is the growth. Okay. The wherever you put your money in, it has to be able to grow to stay ahead of inflation. Okay. Earning one or 2% on an account where inflation is three or higher is not growing your money. And you will find that you do not have the sufficient funds for the needs that you will be faced with as you get older. So growth is extremely important cornerstone. Safety is the third cornerstone you have to make sure your vehicles possess. And what safety? Meaning that in order for you to grow your money, you have to play the markets. You have to have money playing inside the investment vehicles of these stocks, okay? But you have to protect from losses, okay? In 2008, we're not even going to talk about the more recent loss, but in 2008, when the country suffered over 38, nearly 40%, and some folks lost more than 50%, 
of their savings account. It might have been in a retirement plan, in a 401k. It was because it did not have the safety feature. Okay, safety has to be a part of your accounts so that when the market crashes, you are not suffering the consequences. Okay, and lastly, the last cornerstone is tax advantage. Okay, remember, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. And one of the ways you tend to lose money is the taxes that you have to pay on that funds. Okay, so you have to have an account that's called tax advantage account. Some people say it's a, uh, a tax shelter, tax loophole, whatever name you want to give it. Okay, it's basically doing the same thing. It's protecting your money from Uncle Sam eating it away because of taxes. Okay, and you see here, how much protection do you need? That depends on how much assets do you have and the debt, the income, what is known as DIME, which is, stands for debt, income, mortgage, education. Those are the basic expenses that you have to take into consideration when you're making sure that you are protected from every corner. Okay, so that's the four cornerstones, right? They all have to have them. Having one and not the, the other three, or having three and missing one can still make you fall short of achieving your goals. Okay, so that's the four, the four financial cornerstone that we must all look for when we're putting our money in a vehicle for our future. So now let's go into growth. Okay, we would be talking about protection in details, but today we're going to talk slightly about what growth, how you can determine if the account is actually growing your money. There's a rule. That rule, and you're going to see it on the next slide, it's called Rule 72, okay? Rule 72 is says, and it's an Einstein, Albert Einstein, as you can see at the bottom, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. Why do I say that? First, I didn't say these things, but why is it on the screen? It's because a lot of us are still putting money away in accounts that are barely paying 1% interest. Okay, um, let me see if we can shrink this a little bit because I know some of it is not being shown. I'm not able to do it here so easily, but here it is, okay? What is rule 72? Rule 72 is an Einstein formula, okay? You take 72 and you divide it by the interest you are earning in the account that you have your money in, okay? If it's 1% interest, and for a lot of us, that's what interest, that's how much we're earning in this bank. If we have money in a CD, and I'll be sad to say that it's not even 1%. But to make this easy for us to understand, we're going to take 1% as the example. You take 72, you divide it by that 1%, what do you get? Simple, it's 72. So rule 72 says that if you are putting money in an account that's earning 1% interest, it would take 72 years for that money to double. You cannot see, I'm not sure if you're able to see on the side of the 1%, but let's look at the 4% because you see the age, age 29, age 47, age 65. Well, in the first box where you see 1%, you're not seeing the age, but it's also age 29 plus 72 years on top of that is age 101. So if you had $10,000 in a CD earning 1% interest, and you started doing that at age 29, you would be 101 years old before you saw the $10,000 double to $20,000, okay? How many of us have 72 years 
to give okay to wait for our for our money to double so let's look to the right four percent simple 72 divide by four okay and what's the answer 18 where if 74 divided by four is 18 that means every 18 years your money is doubling a little bit better than the one percent because by the age of 65 you at least have forty thousand dollars saved in an account that's giving you four percent interest but how much is forty thousand dollars is going to go you know how far would it go in retirement if today forty thousand dollars can be spent in one year so let's look for other accounts that are giving even higher interest six percent 72 divided by six is 12. It's getting better because now at age 65 you have eighty thousand dollars because every 12 years your ten thousand dollars that you started with is doubling okay so you start with 10 you end up with eighty thousand dollars by the time you're age 65. now we're using the 65 age group because we're putting money away for retirement and that's typically when a lot of us would retire okay we will retire at age 65 so we're, we're looking to see if we start saving in a particular account earning a particular interest what will i have by the time i turn 65. okay now the farthest corner the farthest one to the right it says 10 percent interest now a lot of you are saying where do i get that they're out there right but what does that tell us well 72 divided by 10 gives us 7.2 so technically every seven years practically 7.2 months to be exact but every seven years you're basically doubling your money so in this case this 29 year old did not put his money in a one percent uh account earning interest one earning one percent interest they did not put their money in an account earning six percent interest they chose to put it in an account earning ten percent interest and what does that do well by the time they're 65 they would have three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in savings so much better much 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 better than the one that's only going to offer twenty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars by age 65 if they're earning four percent interest and typically the retirement funds that most of us are, are investing in like our 401k they are averaging four percent interest okay and if you're putting it in maybe a whole life policy that's also averaging four percent interest this is what you're looking at you can expect to see at the end of your savings you know if that's all you're earning so that's not going to cut it okay so we need to find more vehicles that's offering at least 10 percent or better but even six percent is definitely much better than one percent okay and that's your job your job is to identify those accounts okay and so once you do you can just run with it because it's going to produce the results that you want so that's the rule of 72. that's how you determine the growth cycle of your money okay and as soon as you do the math you can determine if you want to continue to put money in those accounts or if you're going to be looking for other accounts that will put that um giving you more interest giving you more interest for your money okay that's rule 72. now what else is there after now we have to look at how money is going to grow okay money grows three ways it grows fixed it grows variable and it grows indexed most of us are familiar with the fixed concept okay you get one percent 
similarly to the one we just looked at when I said one, four, six, 12, or 10, right? Fix is fixed. If it's 1%, that's what you're getting every year. If it's 4%, that's what you're getting. And fixed typically do not go up or they keep with inflation, okay? So you have a big problem if this is where your money is. If it's in a fixed account, unless that fixed account is giving you a very high interest, like that 10%, you might as well see this pic. You see the picture, the flat line, right? You know what that looks like in a um, in a in a in a hospital when we have these accounts where um sorry not the the accounts close the door. I'm gonna try to do that, but I'm not sure if by doing that I'm going to lose you because I was not able to have the right. Okay, let's see, let's see. Let's see if I, let's see if this works. Is everybody, um, I hope they can hear me and not hear the noise that's going on outside. Okay, so uh, perfect. So now fixed accounts. Fixed account looked like the flat line at a hospital. That's not very good news if we see that. That means nothing is growing. It's not gonna come to life. Okay, and that's how you have to always look at a fixed account unless it's a high interest. Well, when you do rule 72, 72 divide by that interest, you can see how quickly your money is doubling, okay? But the next way money grows is variable. Now, what's valuable? That's the stock markets. We all know that, okay? We can see that picture, the up and down, okay? The volatility of the stock markets. Similarly, if you're in the hospital as well, and you're, you, you see those up and down, you kind of like on the, on the edge of your seat because you don't know exactly how far down it's going to go and not come back up. So you can be in a little bit of a tension because it's going up and down and you don't know where it's going to stop. But if you are trying to grow your money, this is one of the vehicles. This is at least one of the ways money grow and it can allow your money to grow exponentially if you do that. Okay, so that's the second way money grows. The third way money grows, which many of us do, are not familiar with, is index. Okay, index linked accounts. There are several kinds of indexes, S&P. Credit Suisse, the Hang Seng. Now they all are, you know, American, European, and the Asian markets, respectively, right? So these indexes is what we track when we are trying to grow our money. Okay. Now the way this index accounts, the index-linked accounts work, as you can see, it follows the market. So as the market, as the money in your accounts are growing based on the index that you are tracking. Okay, your money is growing, but the second that account begins to dip, you see the lock that goes in. That means that you have locked in your gains. So when the market crash, like the one in the middle, the variable market, you do not get protected. That's the safety feature that I, sp I spoke of earlier out of the four cornerstones. That safety in the index prevents you from losing everything that you've gained. And that is extremely important because you are going to see on the next slide why losing money is the worst thing that can happen to you more than actually gaining a high interest. Because most of us do not quite understand loss when it comes to the markets and our money. But in this example that I have in front of you, you will see that it takes a lot for you to get back to where you started once you've lost a percentage of your money. 
Okay. And so the goal is not to lose. And let's take the example of a hundred dollars. Okay. You can say that it's a hundred thousand dollars in an account, whatever, but let's take it simple. It's a hundred dollars market crash. You wake up today and you see that the market crash 50%. What does that do? That takes you from a hundred dollars to $50. Okay. And by some miracle, the next day, not even a week later, not even a month later or three months, but the next day you see that the market gained 50%. You're like, oh, wow, I lost 50% the day before. I gained 50% today. I'm even. It's almost as if I didn't lose anything. If any of you believe that, we are all wrong. And that's what most of us believe. We believe that if we lose 50 and gain 50, we're still in the same game, but we're not. And look at those numbers. Because if you have $100, you lose 50% of it. That takes you down to $50, correct? Okay. Now, the next day, the market gives a 50% rebound. So you're like, wow, 50% rebound, I'm back to normal. No, because if you only have $50 with the 50% rebound, 50% of $50 is just $25, So that means $25 is the only thing that's being added to your 50, which brings it back to 75. How much did you start with? 100. So you're actually down $25. Okay. You are not back where you started from. Okay. In order for you to get back to where you started from that next day, you would have to get a hundred percent interest gained on that $50 to be exactly where you were because 100% of $50 is another $50. 50 on top of 50 gets you back to 100. So the goal is not to lose a penny, okay? We cannot afford to lose a dime when we're raising money, when we're increasing it for our future because it takes a lot much, it takes a lot longer and a much more interest gained for us to go back to where we were before the loss, okay? So that's very important. Finding these accounts that have that safety feature so that you do not lose anything when the market crash, because it always does. It's only a matter of time before it does, but it does. And as much as we've been really enjoying the market rebounds, the market increases and so on and so forth, we are in for a of what they like to call a um, recalculation, right? A correction of the markets. And it's just a matter of time before that happens. And so you need to find your money or put your money in vehicles that when it does happen, you're not losing what you've gained because we cannot afford to lose any of it, okay? So that's understanding loss. That is the safety feature of those markets. When you are looking for that account that has the four cornerstones, this is how you determine if it has that safety feature, if you are not going to be losing a penny when the market crash. And those accounts exist as well, okay? We are going to talk about them because I just showed you on the last slide, those accounts are called index-linked accounts, okay? So now let's look at the next thing that you have to be worried about. What was it? The fourth cornerstone, okay, which is the tax advantage accounts. Now, how many of us know that money gets taxed three ways? Okay, money gets taxed either now, either later, or tax advantage, which is another way of saying never gets taxed, tax free accounts. 
but there are rules to those accounts and you have to know them. Okay. So you see which accounts are falling into these categories, right? Let's give me a second. You have the savings accounts, the CDs. They go right in line with those fixed accounts, the ones earning barely 1%. Okay. Not only are you not earning a decent interest rate on these accounts, you also have to worry about getting taxed now on these accounts. And what do I mean by getting taxed now? Well, if you put in $10 in that account and you got a dollar interest on it, that $1 will be taxed that year. It won't be taxed when you withdraw it. It won't be taxed 10 years from now. It will be taxed annually. Those accounts get taxed annually. And those are accounts such as uh, the money market accounts. You have certain uh, mutual funds. You have certain uh, stocks okay that get taxed annually so it depends on how you are saving and where you are saving your money to avoid the tax now uh, getting taxed on that money every year whether you are touching it or not and a lot of us don't realize that our money is getting taxed but it is and where you know it is when you do your your, your um when you actually do your taxes at the end of the year Okay, but those are the tax now accounts. Now, the tax later accounts, which a lot of us are familiar with, that's the 401k. That's the IRAs. That's the 403bs. Those are the fixed annuities, the saving bonds. And we all know that these accounts are later taxed. But as you are investing, as you are contributing to these accounts, okay, none of it is getting taxed. Not the principal that you're putting in, not the interest that you are gaining. But the second that you begin to withdraw this money and you are saving it for your future retirement. So at some point, typically it's going to be at the age of 65, you are going to start withdrawing this money. And this is when the taxes are going to hit you. Okay. And what tax rate are you going to get hit with? It's going to be your current income tax rate at the time of withdrawal. A lot of us like to think that as we get older, our taxes are going to be lower. But that is not the case for a lot of us. And in order for you to have lower taxes, you pretty much have to be living in an impoverished lifestyle. Okay. And we can discuss it in the later sessions exactly how these things work. But these tax later accounts are the ones that are leaving us quite empty as we start our retirement because we never, we're not prepared for the amount of taxes that's going to be taken out of that account. Okay. So those are the tax later accounts. Okay. Now, what are the tax advantage accounts? The tax advantage accounts, we're familiar with a few of them. We've heard of the Roth IRA. Okay. We've heard of cash accumulation in insurance policies. We've heard of um, the college funds, the 529 plans. These are all of those I just mentioned fall under the tax advantage accounts. And what is that? That's that tax loophole. That's the tax uh, shelter that some folks enjoy all the time. Money in deals accounts do not get taxed. And you're probably wondering why not. That's the rules. The rule of these accounts are structured in such a way that Congress, you know, these companies create these accounts where Congress offered them these advantages. And if they fall under certain categories, 
they simply are going to benefit from the uh, from the structure of it. And if it's a tax advantage account, it simply will not get taxed. And as we go through the series, we will be discussing exactly which accounts for or exactly how they work so that they do not get taxed. But just know that it's part of the rules. Okay, that is the way it gets done. So they are taxed now, tax later, and tax advantage. How money grows, it, it grows fixed, it grows variable, it grows indexed. Now, if I were to ask you now, how would you want your money to grow? What would you say? Fixed, variable, or indexed? And after deciding that, if I were to say, how would you like your money to get taxed? Would you say tax now, tax later, or tax advantage? Another way to say never get taxed, okay? Which one would you prefer to have your money in, okay? It, or, and now it has to, you know, to have money be safeguarded from these taxes, you have to know which accounts have those features, okay? So those are the four features, right? Those were the protection. Again, you have the protection for, the, um, for yourself. No, you can stay on this. That's fine. Um, right. That's perfect. Okay. You have the protection. Okay. Which means that you have accounts that has a feature that if you become ill, because let's take for example, and you could stay on this, the power of starting early. That's fine. If you get ill and you're contributing towards a 401k and you are ill and you're not able to go to work, then no one is contributing towards that, 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 that retirement plan and having a feature like a protection will continue to fund that policy for you. Which, is, which does not happen with a 401k once you stop because of an injury, okay? And we looked at the growth, rule 72. Remember that it's a simple formula, just punch in Albert Einstein and you will see it. And then you have the growth, um, that's the growth. Then you have the safety of the indexed accounts that locks in your gain. So when the market crash, you do not lose. And then you have the final tax advantage, which means that your money never gets taxed. Not while it's sitting in the account, not when you decide to withdraw it for your finance, for your retirement, none of it gets taxed. And now we have to look at when do we start saving for our future? Okay, when does that game begin? It starts extremely early, okay? Why? Because I've said it before, Nothing makes money like money makes money, but money needs time to make money, okay? It goes back to the laws that we talked about last week, the law of gestation, right? In terms of the time period that something needs or requires for it to do what it's supposed to do. In order for you to double, quadruple your funds for retirement, you have to give it enough time. And so let's take a simple example of this particular, uh, what you see in front of you. You have a set of twins, two brothers, okay? One decided at the age of 30, they're both 30, decided that one at age 30 began to save $6,000 a year, $500 a month into a retirement plan for the next 10 years, okay? They do not want to contribute anything after the 10 years, but that's the plan. And the other brother decides to wait another 10 years to do that. One started at age 30, the other brother, brother started at age 40. They're both going to do the same thing, $6,000 a year for 10 years, okay? So when the brother at age 30 starts, by the age 40, he stopped contributing. The brother who started uh, contributing at age 40, by age 50, he stopped contributing. 
and they're both going to let the money sit in that account. They're, they're 40 and 50 years old by the time they finish contributing, but they're not going to retire to age 65, right? What will their money look like by the time they turn age 65? It's right in front of you. You can see it. The, both of them contributed $60,000, but the one who contributed at the age of 30 has almost $700,000 in the account. Brother two, who only contributed uh, 10, who started contributing 10 years later, lost 10 years, okay? He's put the same $60,000 in the account. He is left with a little under $300,000, a difference of almost $400,000, where the only thing that's different between the two is the time frame. Those 10 years that brother A, the first twin, decided to start contributing made all the difference for him to look at an account worth nearly $700,000 by the time he's age 65, okay? Nothing can do that for money but time, okay? Nothing can do that for money but time. And so our goal is to always start contributing to our future as early as possible. Okay. We gave you the example of them to starting to put money towards a retirement plan at age 30. You can start saving for your, for your retirement at age two. And we're saying at age two, yes, a lot of parents are giving their children a head start with retirement planning by opening an account that's going to produce this kind of result in the next 30, 40 years. Okay. So it's unbelievable at how people are actually growing their money as long as they start early. And so the power of starting early beats just about everything else. Okay. Starting at the late, at the middle of the, you know, in your twenties, in your thirties, in your forties, unfortunately, I come across a lot of folks who are starting to save for their retirement in their fifties. Okay. Unless they're going to retire at age 100, then go right ahead. But most of us don't think that way. Most of us see ourselves retiring around 65, maybe 70. And if you're starting at the late end, the tail end of your working years, then you are giving your, you're doing yourself an injustice. You will never see the money that you're expecting to see because time is not on your side. Okay. So that is the power of starting early. Okay. The plan has to go in effect. Okay. So that was basically the rules of the game. They're pretty simple, okay? They're not that complicated, but we must know the rules in order for us to grow our funds, okay? The solution that we have to come to when we do this, okay, is to start building that proper financial foundation with the right features. We have to start with getting the accounts that's going to protect everything that we have built up until this point, okay? We have to build an, a, a savings that is properly, that's, that's standing on a proper foundation. That cannot be, I cannot stress that enough, okay? A lot of people today are investing their money because they got into this thing about, you know, Robin Hood, they are buying stocks. That is, I'm okay with that. There's nothing wrong with investing your money to see if you can double it, triple it, and so on and so forth. The only problem is if you do not have proper financial foundation, the protection to stand on, 
then you might lose everything and have nothing to show for it because you did not have that protection. Okay, so you know you have to properly build with protection, investment being the last feature of your of your game plan. Okay, we talked about the four financial corners. I kind of highlighted what those corners are and how you can identify if they meet those requirements. Okay, the rule 72 is how you determine if, if your money is growing and staying ahead of inflation. Okay, safety. Is it an account that every time the market crashes, you lose a percentage of your money? Or is it is it one of those accounts that has a floor on it, an index account, that every time the market crashes, you're locking in your gains? And then after you figured out those rules, are you going to lose half of your money because of taxes? That's the last thing you always have to worry about. Or you're going to lose money because of your taxes, okay? And if you are, then you need to switch your money into an account that is tax advantage, tax loophole, tax shelter, okay? And those accounts are the ones that we're going to be talking about in the next few sessions. We're going to take it one step at a time. But now that you have the basic rules of the game, okay? The rules that's going to help you become champions, Okay, for your family, you're going to work for the next 30, 40 years and you are going to grow an asset base that is going to be protected from all the risk that is out there. And if you do that, if you do it well, you would have built that wealth in that X curve concept and you would have lowered your responsibility. A lot of us are doing it backwards. We're not building wealth and we're still holding a lot of responsibility as we get older which is not the way the game is played, okay? This is how the game is played, by knowing those rules, okay? So now that I have gone through the basic concepts, the basic terminologies, the basic um, do's and don'ts of how to grow your money and how to protect your money and how to access it without getting hit with taxes, once you have figured those out, you can go into any institution and determine or for yourself if you're if it's a good move putting your money in that institution okay remember there are three institutions that you can put your money in okay banks commercial banks is one investment firms is the second and insurance companies is the third Okay, which one are you going to choose to put your money in? Okay, how you determine which one? Check it against those rules. Rule 72, four cornerstones of financial foundation. Uh, how is that money growing in those accounts? How is that money going to get taxed when the time comes for me to withdraw it? Okay, and how much time is it going to take for me to get to the goal that I'm setting for myself? Okay, those are questions that you can answer yourself with the with the education that you just received for today's indigenomics. Okay, it doesn't get more complicated than that. You stay on top of the rules because those rules change continuously. A lot of rules were, were changed during the pandemic to accommodate folks who were just not prepared for the emergencies that they were faced with. So the rules are constantly going to change. But as long as you are aware of them, you can excel. Okay, you just have to know what is your first step. Okay, so not sure if we had any questions for some of us who are out there 
who were part of this uh, session. But if you have any questions at all, I hope you were putting them in. I'm going to get a few. Um, uh, I think I'm going to get a couple of uh, questions pop up here and I'm going to help answer them. That uh, There's a question here. I'm 60 and have pre-existing health issues. Um, the question kind of disappeared on me. Let me see if I see it again. Um, it says, um, I do not see it. Uh, the question says, I'm 60 and I have pre-existing conditions, which I'm thinking I'm 60. What financial goal should I have? How much do I need to put aside by 68? Retirement for me. That has to determine what are you looking to do? Okay. Now, if you're 60 with health issues, pre-existing health issues, it depends on what issues they are. Because of a lot of technology and science, the issues of the past that could prevent you from getting a plan altogether is no longer exists. Okay. If you are being, if you are doing what your doctor is prescribing, if you are following his orders and they will get access to that, then you might be able to qualify for policies back in the days that you will not, you will never qualify for. If you have diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, cholesterol, in, back in the days, that would have automatically disqualified you from having certain accounts to protect you because they did not know what the future holds for you. But today, with the advances of technology, the advances in the science, you know, we are living a whole lot longer with certain illnesses. So the first thing is, it depends on what the illness is and how well have you been maintaining your regimen based on your doctor's orders. Okay, now, if that's the first thing, that we've answered. Then the second thing is, is this, how much do you have in one of these accounts? Have you, did you begin saving in anything at all? Do you have a 401k? Do you have a 403b? Do you have any qualified plans? And if you do, then we start from seeing exactly what is in that plan and where you want to go and how much is going to take to get you there. Those numbers cannot be determined just by saying it's gonna take you $20,000 if you're 60 year old to do. We cannot guess, it depends on a lot of, of, of um, factors. And the way you figure it out is when you sit with someone who can actually go through those factors with you to see exactly what your goals are, okay? Where you plan on living, because if you live in certain states, the cost of living is gonna to be totally different. Okay, so that has to be the one on one conversation that you have with the agent that's going to help you to create the, your, your, the funds for the future. Is it smart to move my 401k to a 7702? It also depends because the best way to answer questions like that is you never know exactly what the person wants to accomplish. But if you're thinking about my money is at risk with a 401k. How can I protect it? Then it is wise to move it to a 7702. 7702 and 401k are all tax codes, internal revenue codes. And these codes tell Uncle Sam, any money that is in these accounts, this is how he can tax that money. Okay. We haven't discussed in details yet that what is a 7702. For some of you who already have a 7702, bravo, you are ahead of the game. For those of us who don't know what that is, we will be talking about exactly what the 7702 is. But the 7702, to make it easy, actually has 
the four cornerstones that we talked about. Okay, it has the protection because there's a chronic illness, critical illness. There is a terminal illness and a critical injury feature that is part of those accounts. So any you qualify to receive benefits from your 7702 if you fall into any of those categories of illness. Okay, if you do, then you have that protection. Growing, we have some 7702 accounts that are earning over 10% interest and some of them don't even have a cap. What does that mean? It means that whatever that index amount performs at, whatever the index kicks out, your account will be crediting credited the same amount of interest. So if that index for that day shot up to 28%, you will be credited 28% interest on your money. Okay? So it has the growth feature. It has the safety feature because it's the 7702 is an index linked account, which means that it grows like you saw with that staircase feature that every time the market crashes, you lock in your gain. So you had $50,000 in your account, the market crashed tomorrow, you still have $50,000 in your account and you will not lose a penny. And the second the market begins to creep up again, your money begins to grow again. And when the market crash again, it locks in the new amount. So you started at 50, it grew up to 60, 70,000, the market crash, you stuck at 70. And it just sits out, sit it out and wait for it to begin to grow again. So yeah, it depends, but that is the way to protect your investment opening a 7702. Can I start a policy for my, uh, let me see that question again. Can I start a policy for my newborn grandbaby? If not, what age can I start something? Your newborn two weeks after they're born. That's simple. Two weeks after they are born, you are it's official. You can open an account for them under uh, the 7702 to begin to take advantage of the four cornerstones. Can they get long term? It depends on some. Um, it depends on some companies. Okay, there is one company, National Life Group, that is offering certain long term benefits for children who may find themselves, you know, kids are kids. So it all comes down to again what the insurance company wants to do when they see the history, you know, they, I mean, they, someone who's two years old or two weeks old, what kind of a history do they have? Not much, but they do come in with those features. Other companies would, you would have to wait till they're 18 years old to actually cover them. And there's still other companies, the long-term benefits doesn't begin until they're age 21. Okay. There are several insurance companies out there. You just have to know which one offers what you're looking for, okay? And it just comes with a few phone calls, sitting with an agent, getting a, the list of their features and seeing which one matters most to you and then applying for that applying for that policy and see if you get approved for it. Because in these types of accounts, your health is what determines whether or not you qualify, which is why if you're two weeks old, Unfortunately, there are some of us, uh, some babies are being born who a week after they're born, a day after they're born, they have been diagnosed with some major critical illness, chronic illness, and so they will not be eligible. But for the most, two weeks is when we can officially 
open one of these accounts for your grandchild, your grand, you know, anyone that fits that you have an insurable interest. There is something called an insurable interest. And we are going to talk a little bit more about that when we talk about insurance and how it can work for you. But as long as you have an insurable interest with the person, then you can open an account for someone who's not, who's a family member, but you have to show that insurable interest. Can I take out a policy for someone else? Only if there's an insurable interest, if your business partners, there's an insurable interest there. Brothers, siblings, is there's an insurable interest. Parents, you know, spouses, children, those are what they consider an insurable interest. Because what is the loss to you if this person is no longer in the picture? And that's the basis for understanding what an insurable interest is. Your neighbor, who you, thank you for your presentation. This is very helpful, quite welcome. Your neighbor, who you have no, you know, your livelihood is not dependent on your neighbor but you have a bond with that neighbor, is you considered a friend with that, a best friend is not considered an insurable interest. So the company may determine not to offer that policy because they do not see what the insurable interest is. And these companies make those decisions. You might find one that's willing to do it and you might find another that is not willing to do it. And there's nothing you can do about that. Okay, so that is it. If there are any more questions, for me, then I think we're coming to an end to tonight's, today's presentation, Indigenomics, the financial foundation, how to build a proper financial foundation. You now know the rules, start to study those rules, start to identify these companies and these products that has these features so that you can make an educated guess when the time comes. This is the first step to financial literacy. The one thing that we should have gotten last year, I mean, in our youth, but we never got. So thank you again. We will see you to next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Thursdays at 2, at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Okay? And wherever you're coming from, if it's uh, Central, if it's uh, Pacific, you can determine exactly what time to catch me again on her many voices in Digenomics. Thank you everyone for the opportunity to bring this wonderful information to you. Okay. And there will be, it will be posted so you can always review it at your leisure. All right. So everyone take care and, um, and don't forget that we do offer some free consultation. Okay. So when you do have a question, if you have a question, you will be able to get that free consultation from me. Okay. As to where to go to get what it is that you're looking for. So everyone, be well, stay safe, okay? And remember, there's still some variants out there, so don't take it lightly, okay? Protect yourself. I want to see you again next week. All right, everyone, be well.